no helicopters have been procured for me to go to golf course. Thank you. I've never said he wasn't a great politician. I'm just saying he's a off. Who's first being interviewed? How'd you play out there today? Uh, well, I found the conditions challenging. Mostly, because there's no grass on the golf course. But there never has been. I'm thinking about this back and I hope this back When you got three crevices on the green, your course is trash. What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Beltway Golfer, episode 23, Alex Dixon here. This will be the last pod of 2020. So 23 episodes um, in 2020. We, we started, this is our first year, started in early June. Uh, our, our very first podcast with Mike McCartan was, I think, the second week of June. So about six and a half months, seven months, uh, 23 episodes. It's been, it's been a ton of fun. Learn, learned a lot about putting like something like this together. Definitely more work than was anticipated, but, but in a good way. And I uh, had tons of fun getting to know better some, some people in, in the local golf scene that um, wanted to get to know better and met some folks that I, that I wasn't familiar with beforehand. Um, and we now have a laundry list of people that we're hoping to have on the podcast for 2021 and beyond and excited to, uh, to, to bring those conversations and, and, and stories and highlights of courses um, to the show. So wrapping up this year, episode 23, we headed out to Lake Presidential in Upper Marlboro, where um, really our motivation was that we saw the course was up for sale. It went up for sale in September-ish time frame. Might have that month wrong, but um, at, at a price that I think a lot of folks in the D.C. golf scene saw and said, kind of raised their eyebrows, like, wow, less than $2 million for a golf course, you know, 20, 30 minutes outside of D.C. that's always ranked in the best of lists for courses you can play in the state of Maryland. Great layout, um, lots of unique features, uh, opened up in 2008 and, you know, has, has, has been a, a great track uh, ever since, for the most part. Uh, I say for the most part, we talk about certainly in the, in the, in the first segment of our conversation here. Um, in 2016, Lake Presidential um, had a rough go of it when it came to conditions. Um, there was just a summer there where they really lost the course and, and, and it affected their reputation a little bit in the local D.C. golf scene. Uh, we talk about a lot in this conversation. Um, but as uh, the, the, the second gentleman we speak to, Donnie Arnakovich, puts it uh, very pointedly, the apology tour is over for, for Lake Presidential kind of uh, apologizing for that year. Because it was four years ago and the course is in phenomenal shape now and has been for... Uh, a couple years. So we, we were excited to go out and, and have some conversations around Lake Presidential. Um, you know, we, we were motivated by the sale of the property. Um, you know, we didn't get a ton of information about that, understandably. It's, you know, it's, uh, I think there's some bids in, um, but, you know, where that all stands is in the hands of um, the developer who owns the property. Uh, the brokers and whomever is putting in the bid. So not inf not a lot of information on that front. Um, however, what we found is we, we sat down with three gentlemen, Sean Gill, the head superintendent, um, Donnie Ernakovich, who, while not on his title, not uh, maybe not on his nameplate, is, is essentially the acting general manager. 
um, and Mike Chitis, um, who he didn't say this, but it seems to me is that the, the de facto assistant GM. He's running he's running a lot of the uh, the pro shop operations, and and both Donnie and Mike and really everyone there right now um, is wearing a lot of hats um, as there's some uncertainty with the sale of the property going forward. Um, and it's been such a busy year uh, as it has been with every golf course in 2020. Um, but what we found in those three conversations were, were, were three gentlemen who um, take a lot of pride in what they're doing, take a lot of pride in um, where Lake Presidential is right now, which is still one of the best public courses in the state of Maryland um, that has made a comeback from that kind of slipping conditions that was four years ago. Um, back to the, the primo shape that uh, it was known for prior. Um, and they wanted to come on, and despite the uncertainty of the sale of the course um, that, that will likely happen in early 2021, to make sure that everybody is well aware that Lake Presidential is in dynamite shape uh, and is still a dynamite course that every golfer in the area should be playing at least once a year. Um, so we enjoyed it. Um, that's essentially it. So, so we had three conversations, sat down with each of them one on one. In part because I need I need to upgrade my upgrade my equipment so I can I can interview more than one person at a time. Uh, but that's on the list of things to do for 2021 as well. Um, and then b- before I get to it, I'm, I'm rocking a couple pieces of new BG gear. I got the uh, the Tea Time 6:30 hat. Um, a little little homage to uh, everybody's favorite um, music venue uh, in, in D.C. And our, um, this is kind of our golfing president's shirt. Um, a little uh, nod to uh, the racing presidents uh, at Nats Park. And we're all, we're all missing Nats games, excited to uh, get back to Nats Park and uh, watch the team and, and, and Teddy, George, Tom, and Abe uh, race around the center field in the fourth inning. Uh, but those are both up for sale in beltwaygolfer.com forward slash shop um, at the swamp. So check that out. Um, but that's it. Let's get to the show. Episode 23, Lake Presidential, Sean Gill, Donnie Ernakovich, and Mike Chitis. Enjoy. All right. We are out here in uh, Upper Marble, Maryland, PG County, at Lake Presidential Golf Club. Um, and I am with Sean Gill. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. What is your title here at, at Lake? I Regional? am the golf course superintendent. I'm the guy who keeps golf green, if you like. So, you know that that, that should be a bumper sticker. I'm, I'm the guy that keeps golf green. I like that. Uh, so, we were just chatting before we, we we taped. You you started at Lake Presidential when? I started in August of 2016, the hottest summer on record. Was it? Yeah. Okay. By more than a degree, so uh, things were pretty rough back then, okay. and uh, I kind of was brought over to turn things around and start getting the reputation back to where it was sure. when the golf course first opened. So we'll, we'll we'll get into that. Let's let's hear a little bit about what's your uh, kind of what's your your history and background as as a superintendent. How long have you been a superintendent? Been a superintendent for 22 years. Been oh, wow. in the okay. golf maintenance for 32 years. Um, got a degree in criminal justice, and here I am growing <laughs> grass for a living. So I just fell in love with the game when I was in college, and okay. so things just sort of morphed and changed. And I worked in the industry, 
while I was in college, and so when I got out, it just seemed like a natural gig to go into. Um, completely different from anything I'd done before, but I've just always been an outdoors person. And you were you were looking at those law school applications, and you decided it, that's you know, <laughs> kind of it. I was thinking two, two, three more years of school. I'm not sure that's my thing. So, so are you uh, are you native of this area? Or? I am not. I'm actually from the Northeast. I'm from okay. Connecticut originally. Got it. Um, came down here because my wife is from this area. The first summer here, I told her we're heading back up north. I don't know why anybody would want to be down in this sticky area all summer, but I've learned to love it. Um, in the swamp. Yeah, and it's uh, it's got a much longer golf season, so sure. that's good. So you spent so you came here in 2016. You mentioned to me earlier that you were uh, at the time an employee of Billy Casper. Were you? Did you come over from uh, other Billy Casper courses? I did. I was over Prince William Golf Course, which is out in Oaksville, Virginia. Sure, yeah. Um, prior to that, I was at another course that Casper managed, uh, not at the time, but Prince William County course called General's Ridge, which is yeah. now that closed, was a, that was a but it was course. a unique, I would say, awesome golf course, but uh, tough to maintain as a public track because it was just so hard. That was that was definitely a love it or hate it kind of kind of very design. much so. So we it's had unique we had a few people who loved it, but not enough because people they used to say it was the most expensive, inexpensive golf course you could play because you, you lose, lose forty five dollars worth of golf balls. <laughs> And pay forty-five dollars to play, it, and so it was a ninety-dollar round. So. Oh my God! What was that? The one I was—I think it was like number, maybe number seven, the, the, the straight downhill, downhill par five. That was number four. Number yeah. Four, number four. In fact, okay, we well. had the, one of our holes was ranked the toughest hole in the D.C. metro area one year by there was a local. I, yeah, maybe it was like number sixteen or something. Like that it was yeah, like double ravine. 16, yeah. yeah. So. That was I, I, I missed that course. Um, interesting. So so you came to Lake Presidential in two thousand sixteen. So. Um, I think a lot of folks know, I think this is kind of what a lot of folks want to hear about. Um, tell us about the shape that Lake Presidential was in when you came here in 2016. It was rough. Uh, I mean, a lot of turf had been lost that year, uh, predominantly on fairways. Uh, you're growing cool season turf grasses, which is, I mean, this, this type of grass prefers nighttime temperatures in the 50s and daytime temperatures in the 70s. So when you start getting... What is, what is the grass here? Let's this is creeping bent grass. Okay. So it's native to areas much further north than this. I mean, all the seed is grown out in Oregon where you don't see 90 degrees or you certainly don't see it with any humidity. So That's everywhere? Is that that's teas and fairways and greens? That's teas, greens, and fairways. Okay. So with the, the greens, you have a little bit more control because mm -hmm. they're, they're built on sand, so mm -hmm. you can dry them out easier. Uh, when you get a hot, wet summer... Uh, on the fairways, the fairway turf out here has uh, grown on clay, which retains moisture when it gets too wet, repels the moisture when it gets too dry. It's a really poor growing medium. Um, so it takes a lot of cultural practices, making sure you're making regular aerification holes. Um, is that specific type of bent grass used at a lot of golf courses here, or is it kind of unusual that it was used here at Lake Presidential? Uh, no, it's used. It's probably the most popular type of turf grass for this area. Okay. Um, fairways, a little less so than greens and tees because of the difficulty to grow on native soil. But uh, because it's got a very long growing season and it can tolerate the heat if you're not getting too much rain. Uh, you can, if you can control the moisture, it can tolerate the heat. It has the, the, the longest season for really good play. Like, gotcha. you know, I mean, 
A lot more of the golf courses are now growing Bermuda grass. Yeah. But from a golfer standpoint, I'm a golfer. That's why I got into this business because I love golf. Yeah. You know, there's nothing better than your first round in the spring when everything is firm and fast, and you get that with bent grass. With Bermuda grass, it's still brown. It's kind of squishy and spongy in the okay. spring when you're ready to get back out there. So what was, what was your diagnosis of what, what was going on? Why, why was the course kind of in, in uh, really, such you know, the, the cultural practices had fallen a little bit by the wayside. And that's by nobody's real fault. It really had to do somewhat with money. I mean, it takes a lot of money to go out with equipment and poke the holes that you have to in the fairways and get the airflow going in the fairways. Mm -hmm. And that was probably the biggest thing. That, along with this soil, uh, is natively very low in pH, which to most people that's not going to mean much, but what it really means is very little nutrient mobility. Okay. So you can throw down all kinds of fertilizer. That fertilizer never actually gets to the plant. All right, so. so this was this was summer of 2016. Correct. And that's when you start to go to work. Started in like August and it was in free fall at that time. We just had several hundred degree days. It stayed hot all the way through middle of September, I think. So it was really not until about October where we really started our plan. What, like, what does that plan even look like? I mean, I, I can't imagine. I'm like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a grass guy. I'm not a turf guy. But yeah. you come in, you see fairways that are beat up. You know, drainage. You know, is bad. Grass isn't growing. Is this a, is a plan of, of just applying the right mixture of chemicals and, and, and this, like what? what is yeah, really, it's modifying the soil. So the first thing we're doing is we're throwing down a whole lot of lime, which is going to bring the pH up. It's going to create a healthier growing condition for the root zone. Mm -hmm. um, then it's just aerifying and seeding. Um, for the, the whole next season, we had to keep carts on the cart paths um, just to, Throughout 2017? Throughout 2017. Okay. So you think about it this way, you were almost rebuilding the golf course. Yeah. So, but we were rebuilding it while we were keeping it open. So you're trying to still get people out there to play, but you're limiting how they can play it. So, I mean, it was really unplayable for a while through most of 2017 as we grew it back in. Um, how is that? I'm curious. How is that as you know, leading as a head superintendent leading that effort? Um, you know, one of the things you know, I think a lot of folks know is, is during that time, you know, when course conditions are rough, you, you, I'm sure somebody here heard a lot about it from the people playing. Either people were, were upset that oh, the conditions are here, or it's car path only. As the superintendent, do you hear a lot of that? I do, and I, because I spent so many hours on the course, and I would encounter golfers, and I would actually interact with them, I would go out of my way to go up and sort of explain what's going on. You know, not necessarily how it got there, but what we're doing to repair it. So you had a lot of people who were not real happy with conditions, obviously. Um, and you're growing it, and they're not understanding how it got to that and what you're doing to bring it back. So we would try to educate them. And most people were very receptive to that. I mean, they were still upset, but they were really being informed mm -hmm. very thoroughly by the management here what to expect and what we're doing to improve that. And when people could see that steady improvement, the comments got more like, hey, wow, it's, it's, it's got a ways to go. Yeah. But they could see the movement in the right direction. Interesting. So 2017, you're building it back. It's, it's car path only. Um, when, when does the golf course start to look like um, or, or show the conditions that, that you, know, you can be proud of? Spring of 18 uh, is when I would have said that's when I really wanted to get out there and play. So in the beginning, you know, I came here. I was sick to my stomach most days. You're, you're, you know, because you have, 
you're used to maintaining a gorgeous golf course, and now you're trying to get it back to that, but it's nowhere near there. And so all you're just thinking about is everything that you've got to do and the limited resources you have to do it with. Um, but by 2018, I actually wanted to get out there and play. And if I want to get out there and play, then I know we're, we're getting to a pretty decent spot. There were yeah. still areas that needed repairs, but that's when it was really a matter of now drawing people back in sure. and getting you know Joe to come over and then he grabs his buddy Jeff and says, yeah. hey, you know, I know you said you'd never go back there, sure. but it really it's Turn gotten around. a whole lot better. Let's come on back out and let's give it a shot. So. Is, this a, is this an unusually, because it's not a small piece of property. It's, no. not, it's not a super walkable course, because no. it kind of meanders through in both directions, the front and the back. Uh, but then again, you said you came from General's Ridge, which is, which is kind of similar. That was you Similar, know. but much smaller footprint. I mean, I'd say here from a superintendent standpoint, it took me probably two full seasons to realize the logistical complications of this course. Mm -hmm. I mean, just getting to different areas from where our maintenance facility is yeah. to perform the maintenance operations was two, three, four times as long time-wise as you might normally encounter. I mean, if, I don't know if you've been to Prince William, but there, if you want to get from the maintenance facility to hole 12, you just go across. Yeah, you know, pretty hole, pretty. 10 and 6 and 5 and there and you're there, there right. right? So um, here just getting materials and equipment out to the course takes takes a lot more time. So. When you came in 2016, was there, um, was there, was there you know, budget allocation uh, conversations that said, you know, listen, if we want to get this place, this is, because a big part of this conversation is Lake Presidential is a course that is, is very well respected. It, right. It's in best in state rankings. You know, it's it's a layout that people love a lot. It's one of, and, and it's proximity to D.C. It's one of the you know it's one of the best courses that people can play in such a close proximity to the city. Right. So yeah, I mean, when I first took the job, I actually had very lengthy personal meetings with the ownership. So not just the management company that brought me over here, but the owners of the property who developed the land. Mm -hmm. So we spent hours talking about my plan. We were able to substantially increase the budget. So it's, you know, no superintendent's ever happy with their budget, sure. but it's gotten a whole lot better. Got it. um, it's, it's allowed us to get it back into a condition which might not be where we, quite where we want it, but I would call pretty superior most of the time. Yeah, so, so, I, so I've only played once this year, but I got out, I'm trying to remember, it was, it was maybe, it was after kind of the pandemic started, so maybe like April. Yeah. Of course, it was in great condition. Right. You know, so I, I, we, you know, I think you've done a, a tremendous job. Um, let's talk about this year. So 2020, 2020 has been, you know, an unusual year. Um, I imagine, and we're, we're going to talk to Donnie and Mike yeah. a little bit about this as well, but I imagine rounds are up as, the, as they are everywhere. Ha, has that been a challenge from the superintendent's perspective? Yeah, uh, so it's been great because you get more people on the property seeing it, you get more positive comments, but from a traffic standpoint, you know, now you've got a whole lot more traffic going in the highly concentrated areas. You know, like everybody else, we had to go to single rider carts. So now if you're doing, instead of doing 200 rounds on 100 carts, you're doing 200 rounds on 200 carts. Yeah driving on the fairways and the rough. So it's been a challenge from that standpoint, but it's been nice to see people coming out and enjoy it. I mean, by by the time November rolls around, as a superintendent, most of us were just tired of seeing golfers, right? right. But by the time, no offense, 
because I'm a golfer. But when next March rolls around, you can't wait to see the people back out there enjoying the golf course. Yeah. So it's been challenging, but it's been really fun on the same same token. So I'm curious now that we're yeah we're getting into the the cold weather season here in in, in the D.C. area. Um, winter is upon us. As a superintendent, um, you know, what, what, what do you have? Do you have plans? Do you kick your feet up for the next three months, or, no, or you, is this when you really get to work? Yeah, no one's this out there. Is exactly. Because <laughs> I mean, my focus during the season has always been this throughout my career, which is no matter what day of the week you come, you should have the same conditions. So, you know, we don't just take Mondays off from raking bunkers, or we just don't not mow greens on these days. We try to prepare the golf course because the the guy who comes on Monday that may be the first time he's ever seen the course. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to have to say, well, Monday's the day we don't really do much for here, right? right? You want everybody to have the same experience all the time. So when we get to this time of year, it's our time to actually ramp up. We may not work as much overtime, but the intensity of the work becomes actually greater because all the little projects that you have to do for the improvement, whether it's adding drainage, um, whether it's, you know, we have some of these gullies and areas that have yeah. to be cleared out every year. Uh, if you don't get them, you have a very limited time to get to those. So we really are trying to bang out our small project. I didn't, I didn't touch on the, uh, on the drainage, and maybe I should have, but like when you came in 2016, like I know I, my, the times I play in here, like just as an example, I, I know like 10 fairway, you know, it may, a few times um, it was closer back then, right. you know, had, had some rough spots as far as drainage. Have you been able to change anything with drainage, or is it more just you know treating the grass and the soil? It's a lot of it's treating the soil because if you can get the right things balanced in the soil and get good root growth, you don't have to put down as much water. So some of what's historically been a problem here, mm-hmm. which is just many many wet areas that are soft and squishy, uh, is a result of not having really healthy turf grass. So now you're trying to baby it through by watering it constantly. And so now these areas just become wet and stay wet. Sure. Whereas if we can allow them to dry down because we've got good root mass, then we can re-wet them and you just you eliminate a lot of those areas. Clay in and of itself is yeah. poorly draining soil, so you're always going to fight some of that. Yeah. But we have pretty decent surface uh, drainage out there. you got a big lake right here in the middle of the course. Is most of the course draining into Lake Presidential? I'd say two-thirds of the course drain actually a little less than that probably yeah. just a lo- just over half because the back nine predominantly is on the other side drains into collington branch which is a stream and is taken off property but yeah. okay. the whole front nine drains into the lake so you mentioned that you know you, you you've almost got the conditions where, where you want it what is what does that mean for 2021 and beyond how, how do you how do you see the future i see the future as really buttoning up all the little the little areas whether it's you know, we have a, a lot of steep banks next to our bunkers. All right? So with trying to concentrate on sort of down the middle, tees, greens, and fairways, and having somewhat limited resources still, because it's still a public golf course trying to, to successfully uh, operate, um, we've let a few of those areas go, so to speak. So we may not maintain them as often as we would like to. So that's where we want to, we're going to raise the budget a little bit, we're going to keep some of those areas that have historically not received as much maintenance as, as they should and sort of just now round off the whole conditioning. So, I mean, we've got things pretty good, like I said, down the center. It's now when you're not quite down the center that you still have a reasonable playing condition. Sure. Uh, well, listen, I, I think, you know, I'm excited to get back out there again. I think the course is in great shape. I think you've done a tremendous job. 
I think a lot of folks who haven't been out here in, in maybe since the, the kind of conditions took a dip back in, in 2016 uh, will be happy to hear that it's, it, you know, it's in phenomenal shape again. So, so great work, well, and, and thank you very much for, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. Donnie Ernakovich. You got it. Excellent. Uh, Donnie, pleasure to meet you. So what, uh, what, is your, what is your title and role here at Lake Presidential? Official title is Guest Services Manager. Okay. Uh, but it's been everything from cart boy to general manager this year as far as my, my role. Is, is Lake Presidential currently without a quote-unquote official general manager? That's correct. Yeah, so you are essentially the uh, is acting general manager. Is that fair or no? Uh, I don't know if I would say that. More like director of golf. Okay. Uh, Sean has really been uh, the lead guy. He's been here the longest. Yeah, okay. Uh, and has helped out in that regard quite a bit this year. When did uh, you start at Lake Presidential? October 2018. October 2018. And when we first met, when I came in here a couple weeks ago, um, you said you, you, you came over from Eisenhower? That's correct. So is that when Eisenhower shut down? Yes. Uh, I think it was September 2018, closed okay. for renovations. Yep. And I uh, was really planning on taking the winter off. And my manager over there uh, got a job here, called me up one day, said, why don't you come over here and work? And... Uh, you know, my, my winter off turned into about three or four weeks off. and Okay. How, how long were you at Eisenhower? Uh, since the spring of 2016. So two it. and a half years, I believe. Interesting. You excited for that reopening? Yeah. yeah. Should be good. It's a great track. Yeah. Uh, interesting to see what they're doing over there. I know they, they're turning into a bunk. They made it a bunk bunkerless. Bunkerless, yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, I'm excited to... I know it's been close. I mean, two years closing. It's I know a lot of folks are excited to go. Yeah, I think they were planning on reopening this year, but the pandemic and some stream work and other logistical nightmares. So what is so what is your your kind of history and, and background in golf? You had mentioned that you you'd also done some time out in, in Rehoboth. That's that's right. Um, you know, the first golf course I worked at was Majestic Ridge in South Central PA. Okay. Uh, back in late 80s early 90s just a summer job i think that course is now closed um i got my degree in environmental science traveled the country doing soil cleanup for a while uh bounced around uh, had my own construction business moved back to or moved to delaware be closer to my family and uh my construction business uh was taking a hit because I was spending too much time playing golf. Okay. <laughs> so the jobs weren't getting done, the bills were piling up. Uh, one day I just basically locked the doors and got a job working maintenance at Rehoboth Country Club. Interesting, working maintenance? Yeah. Okay. And worked there for a number of years, learned uh, a lot about the industry. And, and in that time I started going to uh, Dell Tech Community College for turf drive. Turf grass management. Mm -hmm. Played on the golf team there. Okay. Um, I, I looked up. I, I, I did a, a little Google search on you, and, and, and most of what came up was like really low scores in, 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 in regional tournaments. No, I don't think so. No, I, 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 <laughs> I, 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 I do not think so. 
So yeah, but but you're I mean you're a player. I mean that's I mean you you got into the 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 golf business because of a passion for the game. Is that that's right? that's correct. Yeah. yeah. That's do you still get to play quite a bit? Uh, I do. I but I don't. I mean I I can, but I don't. Uh, last time I played was uh, first week in September. Got it. Got and it. I actually played over at the beach. Oh, um, I've had uh, wrist trouble, uh-huh. which makes it hard to, and painful to swing golf club. Yeah. So, taking a little time off. Had you played Lake Presidential much before you came over here? The first time, uh, I played it a few times. The first time I played it, uh, it was a Billy Casper course. Eisenhower was a Billy Casper course. Okay. So we got playing privileges. Yeah. And July 4th, 2016 was the first time I played here. And it was a wet, rainy day. I was the only one out here. And I was like, wow, this course is legit. I mean, this, this place is nice. Um, conditions were still okay. I came out a you month. Said, you said July 2016. That's correct. Okay, July 4th. Yeah, uh, I came out a month or two later and couldn't believe how far it, it had fallen. And just huge patches of turf. You'd take your foot, wipe it across the, the grass. And so that was really the period when it dropped. It was yeah. kind of the summer of 2016. Okay. Yeah. And. Like Sean said, uh, like you said, this place was unplayable mm-hmm. for, for a while. I mean, I got to, uh, I could come over here whenever I want and play for free and didn't want to. Right. Um, when I came here in 2018, now I did play a couple times here and there uh, and saw a, a marked improvement, especially in 2018. And then when I started here in the fall, uh, into the spring, it was it was a completely different course. It was it was nice. It was still you know 19 was still a little rough, um, s- some areas, but just the difference between last year and this year. You said so, 19 was. I, it, it wasn't. There were still some bad areas. I yeah, mean, yeah. it was still on the way back. Uh, you, you mean a whole 19? 2019. Oh, 2019. You said 19. I was like, oh, you have 19 holes here? What? No. No, Rehoboth Country Club. That, that, that's actually a great uh, idea for courses, to have 19 holes. That way you can close one at any time, work on it, and still have 18 holes for the golf. Oh, that's a good idea. I thought, you were, I thought you were going to say to have a practice hole. But to have, to, to have, so there's always a hole you can work on. That is a good idea. Interesting. There's a course down in, I'm sure there's a bunch of these, but there's a course in... In Virginia, in Locust Grove, called Meadow Farms. I don't know if you've ever been to that one. It's kind yeah. of a goofy course. They got three nines, but one of them's a par six. They've got like a waterfall one. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of a funny place. But they've got a full par four practice hole, so you can warm up on a hole before you start. Sweet. In any case, um, so back. To, <laughs> so yeah. Sorry for the, the tangent. That's all right. Uh, so 2019, there it was much much better, uh, but just the difference between then and now is uh, night and day. Even with the the big number of rounds we put out here in traffic. Um, it, it's uh, like we say, the apology tour is over uh, right. as far as apologizing for the conditions. This place is, is nice. So, so how long have you been um, de facto acting general manager? Oh, for you know, m- most of the year. Uh, Sean was really the the acting GM okay. uh, in the early part of the year. Um, Are you privy to, I'm curious, like in that time period, 
Toward like when the, when the course kind of took a took a hit in conditions 2016 and 2017, how that affected uh, number of rounds played and that sort of thing. Oh sure, sure, and it was <clears throat> they dropped off dramatically. Uh, I'm not quite sure what they were doing prior to that, mm -hmm. but uh, you know this year we're going to do double the rounds we did in probably 2017. I don't have the exact right. numbers. Yeah, but. Uh, what about compared to 2019? Just because 2020, obviously, rounds are up everywhere. Sure. Um, have, have they gone up significantly even since last year? Yeah. <clears throat> up a third. Interesting. And that's losing seven weeks. Yeah. Um, one of the interesting things going on here, and, and, and really just to be quite transparent about it, why, why it came out was I saw that uh, Lake Presidential was getting ready to change hands, was, was up for sale. Um, when I came in here, I, I was told that, 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 that the, the sale of the course was really totally unrelated to what was going on in 2016 and 2017. Can, can you talk about that at all? I, I don't honestly know much about it. Mm -hmm. uh, from what I understand, ownership always had a desire to develop this property <clears throat> and sell the golf course. And the, the property has been developed. All right. the all the home sites have have been sold, I believe. Or? So that was that was the plan from day one before they before so. they ever moved any dirt. Was yeah. once once we will build the golf course, we'll start building development. Once the development is done, no matter how long it takes, yeah, we're out of the golf business. Right. So I, I I just I think a lot of folks when they saw that it was up for sale, they immediately tied it back to maybe some down years in 2016, 2017. But maybe but that's I I don't believe. Yeah, I don't believe. Interesting. Um, no, no news yet as far as any kind of uh, new ownership. That's still kind of, that's still all, all happening. Sticking here in, in, in 2020, you know, we, we talked to Sean a little bit about just some of the the, the challenges with, with almost, is, is there such thing as having too many rounds? Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. At, yeah. Running a golf course, <clears throat> do you do anything about that? I mean, you're not, you're not turning people away. Uh, Are you? <laughs> we've had to. Uh, there have been a number of days this year people have called, hey, when's your next tea time? And this will be on a Friday, and we'll tell them yeah. Tuesday. Sure. Um, it, it's, been, it's, it's not necessarily turning them away, not blocking the tea sheet because there's too many golfers. We have had to block the tea sheet because we don't have enough carts. Yeah. Uh, with the number of people taking single rider carts, uh, that, and because this is not really a walkable course. Right. We've had to space out our tee times more and essentially reduce the inventory that we have every day to sell. Do you get many people walking, like ever? A few here and there. A few. I've walked this course one time, just to say that I did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be a hike. Did you have your, did you have your step counter out when you were doing it? Uh, I, I did. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Honestly, <clears throat> if you're out here playing car path only, you're going to walk a lot of miles. Um, this is not a, an easy course to get around on. Uh, that's really one of the biggest challenges, is trying to push so many rounds through this place on such a difficult golf course and difficult piece of terrain to, to navigate. What is your take, you know, as kind of a, a golfer first? You know, you got into this industry because you're, you're a golf fanatic, you're clearly a good golfer. Um, are you, um, what, what is your, you know, you said you, the first time you came out here, you, you were kind of wowed by the layout. Um, is, is golf courses 
What, what's your take on golf courses that really aren't walkable? You know, there is a kind of a trend in golf course architecture and, and new builds that, you know, a lot of them are, are seem to be going in that direction of being more walkable. Um, you know, do, do you think that Lake Presidential, I don't know where I'm going. Could it ever be more walkable? Is there anything that could be you know, adapted or, or kind of is what it is? Oh, you'd have to really change things around to make it more walkable. Uh, the, the front nine's not bad out here. Uh, the back nine, a lot of steep ups and downs. Uh, the commute from 17 green to 18T over to the tee box right. and then back around the lake. Right. Uh, that really I need makes, to add a bridge. takes walking. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so now bridge, uh, a 120-yard bridge across the water, you, yeah. you know, that's a sizable investment. Just add some walkers. Um, you know, a lot of these holes, it seems like, you hit your ball, there isn't just a straight walking shot yeah. uh, to where it comes. You're going around a ravine, around a pond, you know, down and up a hill. It's Do you know much about, it's interesting, I, I looked up, uh, you know, I, I know you've only been here since 2018, but I, I was trying, when you look up the, the course designer or, or golf course architect of right. Lake Presidential, um, it says two guys, I, I wrote about Jeff Potts and Chris Cole of Landmark Golf Design. Right. In my, I, I was... I, I spent way too much time on the internet last night trying to, inter, to research those guys and Landmark Golf Design. Are they even in business anymore? Landmark is in, it in is. business, okay. sure. Um, they, uh, I believe they own and, and manage Kiowa, South Carolina. I saw that. I didn't realize they still did. Okay. And a number of courses out west. Uh, you know, last time I looked them up, I, I think that most of their courses were in California and that. But you, you'll see the tree, it's still the, the tree logo. Which I didn't realize. So the, the, the original tree logo of Lake Presidential was, was I, I, the first time I ever saw that, I, my first inclination was, oh, that looks like the tree from Kiowa. Right. But I never, I never actually realized that they were connected. It's actually the tree from Landmark. Okay. So all of Landmark's property have that tree. Oh, so because, and Landmark... Was was not the developer of Kiowa. They they came in some at some I, some I time know. and maybe changed the logo down I, there. As well. I don't know. I, don't I did know. I did see that Chris Cole. I don't know anything about him. I just learned this last night that he used to be the director of golf at Kiowa, and was even the the director of the 1991 uh, Ryder Cup, the War by the Shore, and his name is listed as the designer here or one of the two designers here at Lake Presidential. But beyond that, I couldn't find anything about him kind of recently or, or currently. I have no idea about Landmark, really. I mean, I, I was surprised when I looked him up because I always thought that tree was Kiowa. That's interesting. And I saw it and I was like, wow, it looks like all of Landmark's property. Do you ever get people asking? You know, golf course architecture is also kind of, you know, in vogue and, and you know, people really studying golf course architecture and all in social media, you know, you know, kind of golden age this and studying all the great architects. Do you get people in here ever asking about those guys sure. or...? Sure. Like, who developed this course? Yeah. Um, now, this is before my time and really don't have a lot of information on it, but uh, apparently Greg Norman had a uh, big hand in laying this course out. Really? And I don't know what happened between Landmark and, and Greg Norman, if it was just a little consulting gig or, or what, but, um, you know, you don't find Norman's name anywhere on this property, mm -hmm. uh, which... You know, I probably would have if I had him around. I would probably <laughs> sure. have his his name attached sure, to it somewhere. Sure, but, somewhere. But I'm sure that there's a uh, 
there's a business reason for that that sure. I'm not privy to. Yeah, interesting. Um, so, but let's talk about the course for a minute because you know I, I love the I love the layout. It's got a lot of unique features on it, um, you know, that you don't necessarily see, see everywhere. But it's, you know, the front nine, uh, you know, you've got especially number eight. Number eight's a fantastic hole, but you've got a peninsula green that juts out in the lake. Right. And then you come right back at number nine, and you've got a forced carry over the lake. Um, so you get, you get, you kind of get two, two holes in a row that bring the lake into play. But I think the, the, the unique one that you don't see too much, certainly around here, is, is the green complex around 11. Oh right, the the elevated green. So I, one thing I, I was looking up, I was reading a couple of different things. I saw people, I saw in different articles. Number eleven green referred to as a crown green, a volcano green, a turtleback green, a birthday cake green. Never heard birthday cake. <laughs> birthday cake. I, like I, I hadn't heard that one either. Uh, what do, how do you guys refer to them? Uh, I just <laughs> I've always just called it an elevated green. I know four is a good score on that hole. It's not a long hole, but. Uh, just hitting that green um, and two putting and walking away with the four is, is a good score. Um, I know that presents more challenges for, for Sean and his team um, from, from a maintenance standpoint, having that closely mown bent grass the whole way around it. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, it's a good hole, tough hole. Um, so the, the so Lake Presidential is currently managed by Troon. Mm -hmm. When did that change happen? Was that since you were here? That Billy was Casper to Troon. February 2019. They took over. They took over management of the three golf courses in D.C. Mm -hmm. You know, I know they they also manage Potomac Shores and Dumfries. Any other courses in the area? Do you know, uh, Lansdowne. Lansdowne. Okay. So in this area, that that's uh, the main ones. Um, over at the beach, there's Bear Trap, there's Bayside. Okay. I mean, Troon's the largest golf management company in the world. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, and, and you probably can't say too much of this, but I'm curious what the reaction was, even with the staff here. When, when the general public, and I know I shared this on, like on Instagram, but I think the general golfing public in the area was surprised when they saw the sale price of the property. I think it, it was listed at 1.75, which Again, I've, I've never purchased a golf course. I don't, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what golf courses go for. But doing some research, I know a lot of times they go for more than that. This is a tremendous property mm -hmm. with, with such proximity to D.C. Was, this, was the staff surprised by that seemingly low price tag? or, or, or what? Are your, uh, I, I think we all were a little yeah. bit, certainly. Um, I think it goes to show just how difficult it is to make it in this, in this industry. Uh, it's very competitive. It, it's... You know, hard to hard to make a nickel in the golf business. Yeah, I imagine um, you know with that price tag, there, there must be a lot. There must be some activity. There, there, there's sure. some. Yeah. There's going to be a new owner here in, in, in 2020. Do you have any idea of the timeline? No, no. Um, well, um, we're excited for it. Um, is uh, I guess my last question Do you, is: Have you? heard anything is there any stipul there's no stipulations in any kind of sale that it has to remain public or is there no haven't heard anything yeah so there's so we all we all hope you know there's we've lost a lot of public courses in this area in recent years you know 2020 has seen a massive uptick in interest in golf and rounds sure. played so you know it would, it would be a shame whoever's buying this course would be shame you know for, for the public golfers out there we certainly hope you hope the public can, can continue to play it 
I, I would hope so. I mean, this is a, a great piece of property. It's it's, uh, it's a challenge to all golfers. I don't care how good you are, but it's also been designed in such a way that uh, moving up in the tees still presents uh, a fun, enjoyable, um, not so dumbed down, yeah. if you will. Um, you know, my, my wife will come out here and play, and uh, she likes it. So many courses she'll go to. You know, the, the guys play the par threes over the water, and it's nice. And then the ladies' tee is moved around the corner, yeah. and it's just some stupid 89-yard shot. Um, do you do you host a lot of tournaments out here? Uh, not that many, but but a few. We had the uh, the Peggy Bell uh, Girls Tour. Okay. Um, some fabulous golfers came out here this year. I hope to see them again. Golf Week, Golf Channel, uh, they've held things here. There's uh, a couple planned for for the upcoming year. Um, that uh, you know, this year was difficult for tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about, I, I imagine, and, and sorry, I'm kind of all over the place with some of my questions here, but, you know, I know that um, a lot of money was put into this facility that we're sitting in here. Um, 2020, it's a shame 2020, I imagine, is not getting any use. No, um, uh, you, you know, it's really, um, uh, with the regulations and also ownership wanted to... Um, Proceed with caution. Sure. Didn't want to be uh, part of the problem. Yeah. So we shut down all banquet, restaurant uh, options. And, um, yeah, just trying to keep everybody safe. Does, does the Lake Presidential Golf Course, so this is, this is a development within the Beechtree community, beyond the fact that the developers, it was the same developers that developed the entire property, is there much of a relationship between the golf course and the and the the homeowners and the residential community? There's some. Uh, certainly, a lot of our our members are from the community. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to see more of a relationship, but uh, you know, there's 1,500 homes here. There's a lot of potential customers, a lot of potential golfers there. Do you have any thoughts on it's interesting when I talked to uh, you know a couple buddies when we saw the price tag for Lake Presidential, and you know it's almost like every 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 diehard golfer their first reaction is like ah oh, I should buy it right. like, <laughs> like let's get our let's get our money together you know that, we can afford that that's you know that's 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 the cost of our houses put together or something like that. exactly um, there are a lot of golf courses around here um, what what are your thoughts about you know, there, there's certainly a lot less golf courses in PG County compared to, say, Montgomery County, compared to, say, Fairfax County. Um, but, you know, what, is, is, there, is there a sustainable golf community, you know, around Lake Presidential, or does it really have to rely on people coming from elsewhere? Uh, I think there is. This is certainly, it's not necessarily a destination course, but people will travel to play this. This isn't your local muni course. Um, so we are drawing from a larger radius. Uh, but, you know, I don't care what county you're in, I think it's difficult to to run a profitable golf course. Yeah. Is that, is the difficulty in running a, a, a profitable golf course, obviously there's a million different factors and most of which I have no clue about, but is a big piece of that trying to weigh the balance between 
allocating funds towards the golf course and playing golf versus food and beverage and, and, and a massive facility like this? Uh, obviously, the facility like this is it's way more. When I was working at Eisenhower, we were working out of a trailer. It was a golf course. We had food options, but it was a hot dog roller, um, getting people in, getting people out. I guess my question is, do you, do you think that's easier? Like in Eisenhower, if, if there's, you have to worry less about F&B and making sure that you're making the most of every square foot and, and keeping the food and the beverage and all that stock, is it easier for a golf course to turn a profit when it's just golf, or am I wrong? Well, I, I think the, the food and beverage, that's sort of out of my realm. Uh, I know, you know, good years, restaurants close all the time because sure. they can't make it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's, it's difficult. What you can't have is... You know, part of your equation that just torpedoes everything. Yeah, right. um, it's been incredibly difficult to maintain this facility and not have any income coming in from it. Yeah, right. Um, but you know, it's been a tough year for everybody. Yeah, no doubt. Um, we're fortunate that we've had the play, that we've had the conditions, and uh, that we've all you know still. Got our jobs and our health. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. A lot of people out there don't. Um, well, listen, Donnie, um, thank you very much. I know I've asked you some questions that are that are kind of out of your out of your scope, and I, and I appreciate you being willing to, to to answer them and and setting this up with the team here. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan of Lake Presidential. Uh, I hope the new owners keep it public so I can come out and play, and my buddies can keep it, keep coming out and play. Uh, but I think you guys are doing a great job out here and, and certainly encourage anybody listening to, to come out and play. Really appreciate you coming out. Absolutely. Thank you, Don. Thanks. Mike Chaitis, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. So uh, tell, us, tell us, give us a quick high level. What, what's your role here at Lake Presidential? I am retail and guest services supervisor. So basically, I, you know, I work in the pro shop, but I also do the ordering uh, for merchandise. Um, I'm in charge of the, the pro shop guys a little bit. Um, for any of the hideous shirts you see out there next year, you can blame me for that. Uh, yeah, so that, that's basically my role here. One of the things I was going to ask, so, so well, first off, so how long have you been at Lake Presidential? I've been here a little bit over a year. Yeah, over I, a year. I, I was at Glendale before that. Um, so obviously, right, right when Glendale closed, I came over here, but I was over at Glendale for close to three years. Yeah. No, it's funny. So I looked you up as well, and I saw that you worked at Glendale, and I was like, awesome. I want to ask him a bunch of questions at Glendale. And I've seen you in here, but it wasn't until you just said that, and now I'm looking at you. It's like, oh, I totally remember you. Like, you checked me in at Glendale oh, several sure, times. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure. Um, so l let's start there. I mean, <clears throat> RIP Glendale. Oh, my God. I hate even thinking about it. Like, I drive by there, I, you know, the, I still go see the people who live there, and it's just, uh, it's basically like, looks like a cornfield now. The grass is just overgrown, and it, it's, it's just a shame because that place was just special. I mean, if you. If you hadn't played there, you'll never understand, obviously. But if you play there, you just understand. It's just special for some for some reason. It, you know, it's a it's a tiny little track, and uh, it's not too hard, but it it, it can punish you. Um, but uh, but yeah, I miss it every day. It's it was a it was a great great track. So de <clears throat> development has not started over there. So Glen Glendale sold to some housing developers. Right? Yeah, it, it has started. <clears throat> they, they've torn down the, the clubhouse, uh, the cart barn. It's 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 officially started. There's oh, they've, they've torn down the clubhouse. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, no it's more hard. no more black hole black hole pub. No, no, unfortunately not. It is long gone, long gone. Can we get that sign over Lake Presidential? Is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think Johnny Shields would appreciate that very much. I think he's probably got that in his backyard. <laughs> 
Um, that's yeah, yeah Glenn, it's funny. I was I was I only really played the first time I ever played Glendale was kind of late. Like I didn't I I, I you know I, I grew up in Montgomery County, but lived in this area you know most of my life. But only played Glendale for the first time, like I want to say like maybe 2015 or something. So only got to play it a handful of times. But but the one thing that was so obvious about it was the community around it. Yeah. Like you, you whether you was going down to the pub or like kind of the patio out back or just kind of around the area. Uh, up by the, the the first tee is that you know everyone seemed to be friends, and I actually went out there and, and took some pictures of that closing day when they were shooting off, you know streams and, and that kind of stuff, and there was kind of a big party. So there will there will never be anything like it. It was it was so special. It's like, I mean, I started playing there in like 2015 uh, as a member or 2016, and you, you just feel like family right away. It, yeah. It was it was it was unbelievable. It's it, you know the least <clears throat> corporate. The golf course. It was. I mean, it was run by a family. Yeah. Um, has you know that 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 leaves a big hole kind of in the in the golfing landscape, certainly in PG County. Um, and Lake Presidential is you know it's a very different golf course. It's a different environment, different price point, different layout. You know, a lot, a lot of things are different. But have you seen a lot of that? You know, in PG County, I would almost think that more comparable course as far as playability is probably more like enterprise yeah yeah i mean Bowie. but have you seen a, a Bowie? yeah Bowie too i mean i still see plenty of people that come here you know familiar faces from glendale um you know we had a couple members uh come over here to join um and, and i i see you know at least three or four people a week i'm like hey how you doing and, yeah you know, they remember me from glendale i remember seeing them checking in and um yeah it, it's definitely we've definitely seen a lot of those people um but i i think like like you said it's a different price point it's a different different course enterprise and buoy probably got most of that business um you know a big group of of the players from glendale joined over at woodmore um, okay. um so yeah it, it's it's definitely a different price point but we, we've seen an uptick because of the closures for sure i would imagine i certainly heard i've heard enterprise you know enterprise was was already kind of had a little bit of a reputation for not the fastest rounds especially on the weekends but i imagine since since um, since glendale closed and all those golfers trying to find a new place to play well enterprise i mean since it's a, a county course i don't think they're allowed to do i, I think they they space out their tee times at like 15 minutes so they're not putting nearly as many people out there now just because it's a oh, county because of 20 course. because of 2020 yeah, regulations exactly, because of the regulations so oh wow um where, where, are you, where are you originally from I am originally from Pennsylvania, about an hour north of Philadelphia, Lehigh Valley, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I grew up there, spent the first 22 years of my life there, um, and moved down here around 2014. Uh, one of the reasons I, I brought, brought this up was, you know, part of my, I keep alluding to my, my, my internet snooping. Uh-huh. Uh, is there, is there uh, and I didn't bring this up with Donnie, but is there like some kind of Philadelphia Flyers connection? Did I see that somewhere? I don't know where I saw that. Anymore. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm a big, <laughs> big Flyers fan. Same with Donnie. Um, so most of the time when you come in here in the, in the, uh, in the winter, you'll, you'll see us with our Flyers masks on. And um, you know, we're, we're big Flyers fans despite being in this, this Capitals territory. I was saying, I know, I know a lot of the Caps are big golfers. You ever, ever seen any of them out here? Yeah, Peter Bonder plays out here quite oh, yeah? a bit. Um, I haven't seen any of the uh, any current Caps players play though. Maybe we have to get them out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, so, how did you? Uh, so, you're you're relatively young. Was Glendale your first golf job? Or? Yeah, yeah. I, I went to school for finance, financial planning. This whole you know, that was my whole plan in life, and decided a, a desk job nine to five was not for me. Um, kind of bounced around a little bit, and you know, I was a member of our Glendale and. Uh, they needed someone to work behind the counter, and I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do that, play some free golf, and uh, I kind of fell in love with it. 
uh, I got into this industry because I love golf. Mm -hmm. um, I like to play a lot, and uh, everyone always told me, if you want to play a lot of golf, don't get in the golf industry. Right. And that has turned out to be true, because I just barely play anymore. It's crazy. Right. It's just, you just don't have time. Uh, noted for anybody listening. If yeah. <laughs> for sure. Good so what is, so you say you, you kind of run, you know, you, were, you run a lot of the operations around the pro shop. Yeah, I do, I do mostly ordering for, yeah. um, so for next year, all the stuff you see in the pro shop, like, uh, I pretty much ordered most of that stuff, I, I, um, which is it's new to me. You know, I didn't do that at Glendale, so um, I'm, I'm, I've only been in this industry three or four years. But uh, um, it's a grind, but I but I really like it. Um, one of the things I was going to ask, I meant to ask Donnie, but maybe, maybe you know, uh, Lake Presidential. They did a, but this is related to, to to apparel. They did a logo change. Yeah. Was that how long ago was that? Two thousand eighteen or nineteen, I would say. So they switched from the tree to kind of what is an the eagle? eagle logo. Yeah. yeah. Oh right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Um, was that a Troon initiative? No, I think it was. Um, I honestly don't know why it happened, but uh, I think you know, Landmark was no longer affiliated with the property, so they, you know, we couldn't use that that uh, that tree logo anymore. So they had yeah. to come up with something new and. Um, you know, we've got eagles out here pretty much every morning. You can sure. see an eagle out here on the top of that tree. Sure. Uh, so that's that's why the eagle logo came about. When, when you are in charge of, of ordering in a pro shop um, and, and outfitting it for all the different hats and the belts and the bags and, you know, all the different stuff, you know, do you, is that something that comes through Troon? Or do you, do you have much say in kind of the types of things you buy? I mean, I have pretty much free reign, honestly. I, it's, uh, you know, you get, you get the reps coming in, the foot trail reps, the Adidas reps. You, you see what they have. They, they yeah. bring in their truck and show you what shirts and hats they have. And I kind of pick out what I think, not necessarily what I'd wear, but yeah. what I think would sell. Um, so I, is that how the price, mostly the, 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 like the local reps, the regional reps that are representing X, Y, and Z company, usually... A, a, from what I know, most of them, you know, represent a handful. Yeah, they, they, um, like a foot dryer, they'll, they'll handle the mid-Atlantic mid region for the most part. So they're all the way up from... But a lot of times, aren't the reps like the foot dryer rep? I mean, maybe not foot dryer because that's such a massive, prominent company, but a lot of them will, will represent a few, uh, yeah. multiple companies, Yeah, right? a few of them, yeah. Like the Greg Norman, will, uh, he's also the rep, uh, like Zero Friction Glove. And, um, there's, there's not a whole lot of overlap, but there's some. Have you ever gone outside of that? You know, one of the things I'm kind of getting at is, you know, the golf apparel business also seems to be changing a lot in part because of social media yeah. and like a lot of, smaller you know, up, smaller companies, upstart brands starting out of their garage. I mean, heck, I got, I got, some, I got some Beltway golfer gear in my yeah. car. But like, you know, the, 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 these upstarts that are maybe still way too small to have, you know, reps on the street yeah. have... have do you ever consider going that route, or have you ever? Uh, I definitely would. I mean, Troon has some, um, you know, we have to have, you know, 50% of this, 50% of sure. that, 20% of that. Uh, so there are some restrictions that I have, but I, you know, we carry um, some Category 4 stuff. They, they make golf grips. So we have Maryland flag golf grips and USA flag golf grips, which is just a, a small company that started over here in Bowie. Yeah. Uh, so we've definitely been looking into that, you know. Uh, you got the Jones golf bags, stuff right. like that that you know we, we might look into. But uh, yeah, I think that's definitely a growing niche because there's uh, there's definitely a demand for it now. Oh yeah, I mean you, you go online, especially like you know I, I'm kind of I spend most of my time on Instagram as far as social media accounts are concerned. Um, 
but yeah, there's like there's like new companies popping up every day, and some of the stuff is really cool. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's really so awesome. innovative and and, and uh, you know a lot more fresh than. And, and so and so buying you know buying apparel or golf bags with like the traditional big name companies is kind of going out of vogue. A little bit, yeah, and, and it's it's tough because you know especially with golf balls. You can't compete with the Golf Galaxy, the Dicks of the world, sure. just because of their pricing. I mean, they, right. They're buying pallets at a time, and they're getting way better prices than than you know a golf shop is. You know, it's it's changed a lot. You know, golf. You used to used to go to your golf, your local pro shop to, to buy clubs, probably. Yeah. Now, we don't carry clubs. It's right. just not worth it to carry them in stock. You know, because they're just going to sit in your in your shop. Maybe someone will come dem- demo it. I'm going to go on Amazon or. Or, or Golf Galaxy and just get it for cheaper. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's tough for sure, but uh, we've made do, I think. What about 2020? With le- I'm sure there's less people actually coming into the pro shop because of all the when restrictions. First, yeah, when we first reopened, it was pretty much you're in, you're out. Uh, we had the pro shop pretty much closed. Um, if you needed balls, you get it's it's open now a little bit, and yeah. it's uh, we've done really well. I mean, it's it's been a, it's been a good year. Um, um, golf ball sales are, are way up because you got a lot of new golfers in the industry. I, I heard that um, you know for a while Dix was completely sold out of starter sets because yeah, I believe of that. all the the new golfers, and I think it's really good for the industry going forward. Um, I don't think it's it's just a pandemic thing. I mean, the pandemic yeah. caused it, but sure. I, I think there's going to be some serious carryover once this whole whole thing is over, which I think is interesting because. For, you know, I put a post up a while ago. I was kind of tracking all of the courses kind of in the greater D.C. area that had closed over the past 10 years. And it's a lot. And some of that was kind of, I don't know what the proper term is, but kind of the the correction after the huge bump in the Tiger Woods era that maybe they built, overdeveloped, built way too many golf courses, and this was just a correction. But now you see so many more people playing golf that, I mean, I, I run a damn Beltway Golfer website, and I can't get a tee time. Exactly. Seriously. <laughs> it's, if you want a tee time on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and even Thursdays, you better make a tee time at least five to seven days in advance. It's crazy. Right. So I, I don't know if we'll see. Uh, I the market's pretty smart. I don't know if we'll see more golf courses being built, but I, I would hope you'd see fewer closing. Yeah. Um, has there has there any other conversations here? Because, you know, Lake Presidential, it's not, an, it's not you know, it's not, I wouldn't say it's like a, super super hard track but it's not an easy course you know there's a lot of a lot of force carries yeah it, you it's, know there's it's definitely uh, i think it's one of the hardest tracks in the area especially if you're you're playing the blue certainly for a beginner if you, if you can't oh, get the yeah. ball up in the air if you're if you're a beginner you can't get, get it, can't get it up in the air there's no harder there's no harder track right. i mean five and 15 are, are some of the hardest holes in the area and i think I think the stretch of five to nine is the hardest stretch in the area. I, I call it the gauntlet. I, I think it's just, it's it's a five is the par four that kind of bends left. Yeah, hard, I mean, yeah. if you're not on the right side of the fairway, you're blocked out. Yeah, and I always cut it too much and end up in the trees and you know on the green and four. Yeah, that one. Okay. Six has that massive greenside <laughs> bunker. I mean, you, you can't miss left there. Seven, you can't miss right. Eight, the tee shot. Yeah. You got water all the way, all the way up the right side. And then six is, is beautiful. I love I love six. Seven always kills me. That that is a really tough hole. Yeah, that's um, actually the, the hardest handicap hole. Yeah. Most people think it's five or fifteen. It, it's it's seven. Yeah, but are they, have you had any, you know a lot of courses? You know they 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 you know they'll maybe have family tees or beginner tees. You know any 
conversations like that when you start seeing so many new people getting into yeah, golf? Yeah, I, I think we definitely need to, to, to do that. I mean, um, you know, one of the people that was brought over here after Glenda closed was Troy Beck, who was you know, one of the, the most well-known junior golf um, instructors in the area. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and she came over here, brought her camps over here. Uh, we definitely need, you know, there's definitely going to be a push for, uh, for a family tee, you know, just, to, just to make it more playable. So yeah. you're not forced to carry over all these these long carries. Yeah, interesting. Um, well, it's yeah, it's in, it's in beautiful shape here. All right, man. Well, well, well cool. Well, um, you know, con um, congratulations on being able to land another gig right down the street. You know, and staying in the golf industry. That's that's super cool. And, and Lake Presidential is a, you know, it's a fantastic place to, to land. I'm sure it's been a, a challenging year, but yeah, it's it's been it's been fun. It's been hard. Uh, it's been a grind, but. Um, uh, it, it's been it's been good. You know, unfortunately, we're I'm, I'm I don't know if I'm the curse. You know, if I start working on a course, it goes up for sale. So uh, <laughs> fool me fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I hope it's uh, hope it's uh, the same same type of course it is is this year. Hopefully, it's the yeah. same next year. Yeah, no doubt. Um, awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mike. Pleasure to meet you and best Thanks, of luck. Alex. Appreciate it. Awesome. I don't have a good golf game. But I don't really care. I'm a, I'm a regular dude living in D.C., and I want to know about D.C.-centric golf stuff. If you can tell me something that I don't already know, then that is great for me. I don't want the regular stuff. I want exciting stuff. I want different stuff. I don't want stuff I can't hear elsewhere. But I want it to be about D.C. golf.